for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. You know, when we look at uh, the passage, we're continuing in Dave and Daniel. And when we continue in Daniel, we're, again, we're seeing what God is doing. He's giving Daniel prophetic vision about what's going to happen in the future. But in this particular passage, what I really want us to see here is I want us to focus on uh, the, the evil and the desecration that's taking place uh, in the temple. Because I want us to understand by the end, by the end of this time that we have together, is who God is, and that God is a restorer of things that are desecrated in our lives. He will not leave us in that condition, but He will restore those things that are broken, those things that have suffered desecration. So let's look at the passage and see how God is not only speaking through Daniel but how he's speaking to us. Daniel chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. In the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, I, Daniel, had a vision after the one that had already appeared to me. In my vision, I saw myself in the citadel of Susa, in the province of Elam. In the vision, I was beside the Ulai Canal. I looked up, and there before me was a ram with two horns standing beside the canal, and the horns were long. One of the horns was longer than the other, but grew up later. I watched the ram as it charged toward the west and the north and the south. No animal could stand against it, and none could rescue from its power. It did as it pleased and became great. As I was thinking about this, suddenly a goat with a prominent horn between its eyes came from the west, crossing the whole earth without touching the ground. It came toward the two-horned ram I had seen standing beside the canal and charged at it in great rage. I saw it attack the ram furiously, striking the ram and shattering its two horns. The ram was powerless to stand against it. The goat knocked it to the ground and trampled on it, and none could rescue the ram from its power. The goat became very great, but at the height of its power the large horn was broken off, and in its place four prominent horns grew up toward the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came another horn, which started small but grew in power to the south and to the east and toward the beautiful land. It grew until it reached the host of the heavens, and it threw some of the starry hosts down to the earth and trampled on them. It set itself up to be as great as the commander of the army of the Lord. It took away the daily sacrifice from the Lord, and his sanctuary was thrown down. Because of rebellion, the Lord's people and the daily sacrifice were given over to it. It prospered in everything it did, and truth was thrown to the ground. 
Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to him, How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? The vision concerning the daily sacrifice, the rebellion that causes desolation, the surrender of the sanctuary, and the trampling underfoot of the Lord's people. He said to me, It will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary will be reconsecrated. Welcome back to Living Life. I want to really uh, point us to, in this particular chapter, uh, to the uh, city of Susa. This is important because we see this same city when we look at the book of Esther. Uh, in the book of Esther, which never mentions the name of God, but we see a connection between Susa because Daniel finds himself in Susa when he receives his vision and dream. And I think it's very interesting and very telling, and it draws a connection between Susa and the Susa where Daniel was being the same place. So it shows God's involvement in Susa uh, through Daniel, even though he's, the name is never mentioned uh, in the book of Esther uh, concerning the people that are in Susa. Remember, Haman, who was second uh, to King Xerxes, wanted to kill all the people who were in Susa. But Esther intervened and she said, if I perish, I perish in going before the king to bring relief to the people. So I just wanted to point that out uh, just to show the connection there between Daniel and God um, in this particular, in the book of Esther, even though God's name is not mentioned, we know God was certainly involved. Now, moving on in this particular passage, we have the two-horned ram, which represents the Persians and the Median Empire. Uh, this ram is essentially uh, defeating every nation around it until it comes up against the goat with one horn uh, between the eyes, and the goat essentially brings this nation to defeat. And this, and this nation uh, that is brought, that brings it to defeat would be the nation of Greece, led by Alexander the Great. Uh, Alexander the Great dies when he is young, and his four generals divide up the land. And when they divide up the land, one prominent general uh, whose dynasty lasted uh, for some time is called the Seleucid Dynasty. And the eighth ruler of the Seleucid Dynasty happens to be Antiquitus Epiphanes. This man is considered the forerunner of the Antichrist. And what do we know about the Antichrist? He was lawless. He was boastful. This particular man was also boastful. He set himself against God. This uh, Epiphanes, the ruler of Epiphanes, also set himself against God Most High and God's people. But the one thing that he did which really, really brought uh, dishonor or attempted to bring dishonor to God and the Jewish people was to go into the temple and desecrate the temple. And when he desecrated the temple, he set up a statue of Zeus, as, as history would say. He also uh, caused uh, pig's blood to spill in the temple. He stopped the daily sacrifices in the temple. Uh, he, he caused the, uh, God's people to be trampled underfoot. Uh, he brought destruction. He brought pain. He brought violence to God's people. 
But that wasn't the end of the story. The end of the story was that God is still enthroned and that God will receive all the glory. And so what happens here is we see ultimately that God will destroy the Antichrist and he will set up his kingdom. But what I want us to see here is the desecration in the temple did not remain. That desecration did not last because ultimately it was restored. The temple was restored and after a, rebell a rebellion had occurred through this ruler Epiphanes. In the same way, these temples that God has given us, these temples of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes become desecrated. Other times, uh, we, we take no care for these temples. But what God does, he never gives up on us. He never leaves us in the condition we're at. But he always is driving us, and he's always motivating us, and he's always drawing us to himself. You see, when we're drawn to him, and, and he's drawn to the temple because his rightful place is the temple, and that's where the Holy Spirit leads, our temple can be re-consecrated to God. You see, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how far you slipped or backslidden. You can still come before God and your temple that may be desecrated can still be reconsecrated and it can still be turned to the Lord where God will then be enthroned again and the fire that should never go out in the temple will be set ablaze again. This is the prayer that I have for you as I read this story, as I read about what occurred in the temple, I think about our own temples, that we have an opportunity to go before God because God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and beyond for us to come back to him, to be fully restored again, to repent and receive him again so that our temples may be cleansed, so that our temple, temples may be restored, and so that our temples may be renewed. So think about what God might be saying to you today as you listen to and as you hear this passage. What condition is your temple in? Has it been desecrated by the issues of life? Has it been desecrated by the things of this life? Today, you can change all of that. Your temple can be cleansed and you can be, it can be reconsecrated to God. The question is, is that what you want? And if you do, God will receive those who are broken, those with a contrite heart and spirit. He will not despise. So let's go before the Lord together right now.
Father, we thank you right now and we bless you. And we pray right now that our temples, the condition that our temples are in, Father, will be renewed, restored, and reconsecrated unto you today, that we might serve you with all of our heart, with a passion and with a desire, that your kingdom might be advanced in our circle of influence, in our community, in our families, and in this world. We thank you and give you all praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sing in closer, 